to the Caspian Podcast, the podcast with the Caspian Post, with me, Mark Elliott. Hello and welcome to the Caspian Podcast with me, Mark Elliott. Today I'm with Knut Erland Roswald, I hope I've said that right, who is the founder and director of Provitas. Now, it may not be the first, but I think it's one of the best known of the providers of solar energy and small-scale renewable energy in Azerbaijan. Have I kind of got that right, um, Knut, or is that already wrong? No, it's, it's, uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's remarkable is uh, you're, you're a Norwegian citizen, but also a permanent resident of Azerbaijan. And I believe that you, you've lived there on and off, at least, for 10 years with a, with a house in Lenkaran and not in Baku, which is a little bit unusual. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's true. Yes, I, yeah, I still have a my um, house there in Lankaran, and uh, you know we we worked out of Baku the the last uh, years there. So so, and, uh, so can you just and, tell, uh, can you just tell the people a little bit about Provitas, what inspired it, and, and what it is exactly that you do with the company? Well, you know the the title of uh, the uh, company Provitas. It's uh, like Pro Vita as it's uh, for life in Azerbaijan. Is the idea behind the name, and uh, it's for life to flourish and life to grow and life to uh, expand in Azerbaijan for everyone. And then we have this uh, tag under Mustagil Ol, which uh, basically means uh, be independent. And you know we've uh, struggled with that sometimes. People interpret it in in the wrong way, but for me it's like for Azerbaijan to be independent on energy, independent from other uh, powers around them to be you know, a strong country with uh, independent source of energy. And as we know, solar energy is abundant in Azerbaijan. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I actually read that they only currently have about 40 megawatts capacity, whereas the, there's an estimated 23 gigawatts of potential. Now, as I understand it, when you started off, we're actually doing yourself the, the, the electric works to, to create some of the, the first of the solar panels that you sold there. This is some, something like yeah. 2013. Uh, we started with, uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, we started with the solar heating panels that we produced in Lankaran and we set up a factory uh, and it was exciting times. And uh, it was a joint effort with a local uh, entrepreneur. And uh, yeah, it was, it was fun and exciting, but Unfortunately, when the, you know, the, the evaluation of the valuta, uh, we had some uh, increased costs that made that uh, product not so uh, com, com, uh, competitive, compared yeah. To, yeah, yeah, to, to compared to the gas, you know, and uh, at the same time, they really, so the main end product was heat, right, hot water, so at the same time, you had these boilers coming into the country, uh, fantastic, yeah. Uh, gas boilers everywhere and you know it kind of uh, changed the market situation and we uh we we at the same time the the solar electric panels were really coming down in price and at some point we decided that we we would uh, really look more into that uh solar electric which is also my my background as um electronics in electronics so Kind of uh, messing around with all that water wasn't my thing, actually. <laughs> uh, so I was glad for that transition, and that actually it became uh, our way to uh, stabilize the company, which has been around since uh, 2013 now. So it's starting to to you know be more or less stable, yeah. And so you're you're mainly targeting uh, individual households, is that right? People, um, is is it rural? Is it city? Is it a mixture? How, oh. 
It's uh, it's amazing. You know that the the diversity of the project that we are doing is uh, one of the biggest joys. Like uh, in 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 uh, other countries, maybe solar is a little bit of a kind of a, the same thing over and over again. But in Azerbaijan, there's all these applications because people have different needs for energy in different situations. And we do like solar pumping where we pump water directly with these panels. Fantastic, very effective way. Uh, and for uh, for you can imagine so many places that you need to mm. to have water for agricultural activities. So this is this is uh, one uh, demand. And then we have uh, you know the off-grid system for farmers and uh, the joy of uh, you know being able to make farming possible. It has been like mm. a thing for us because we see the spin-off of that. You know when someone gets to start their farm and they create work for many people. Every, every farm will need a labor, you know, so um, because it's labor intensive and, uh, and, uh, and, and we see that, you know, these, this making energy available everywhere is really a, a, a big thing for, um, you know, small business development. And then there are residential houses, um, some larger and smaller uh, types of installations with uh, on-grid, off-grid system with batteries, without batteries. Uh, just you know, mm. so the variety of the the project oh, yes. is just amazing. Well, it does. Sound, <laughs> now I I know that uh, since the the war in at the end of twenty twenty, the, the the president has been talking a lot about having smart villages in the deoccupied areas. I, I would imagine yeah. that is and a very exciting prospect in in the sense that as as you say part of the rebuilding we, we can't just rebuild as things were i mean uh, and i would imagine that that yeah. um, uh, renewable energy will have a massive uh, part to play in that yeah you know when i i do calculate also some systems in norway and i look at the amount of sun in azerbaijan compared to norway you know and i was like oh my goodness this is <laughs> crazy you know so you know you yeah a north facing uh, panel in a uh, in Azerbaijan would probably, you know, produce more power than a, a south-facing one in Norway. You know, it's, uh, it, the amount of sun is really, you know, it's 280 days of sunlight. And, you know, it goes without saying that solar energy should definitely be a part of the, the reconstruction of uh, and the rebuilding of, of these areas. I'm sure that's the intention. But obviously, so, the, yeah. The, yeah, obviously, um the price point becomes very important, doesn't it, for, for a lot of these poor farmers that, you know, they've been IDPs and then they're going back. So, I mean, have has solar really reached a point where um, it's realistic to provide them for, for, for just single families of, of, you know, from really relatively poor backgrounds? Uh, I would say that incentives are needed uh, to some degree if you want to have like a huge deployment. Uh, because we feel that, you know, just uh, uh, the private homes or dwellings and having uh, solar there for most of the time, it's people that see that if I invest in this, I can create some revenue for me, like, like uh, then that, that will open a business. So most of the time, there's some incentive or there's someone that actually thinks that, you know, in the long run. But, you know, problem with solar is that high capital uh, investment in the beginning and you know it will take some years before that money returns and the way people live in Azerbaijan that doesn't really add up so you know it could be like uh, special grants programs or such that would really release it and then people would be able to pay it gradually so I mean this is 
you know, the, 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 the high expense for, for uh, getting capital in Azerbaijan is, is the main challenge for the, the solar yes. panels. They last for 30 years, you know? So it's like, you know, it's a no-brainer when you look at the levelized cost of energy over the lifetime. But uh, the problem is the initial cost. So maybe it needs yeah. to be sort of somehow going in hand in hand with a microcredit system of some kind. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, and uh, I am sure this is uh, so, uh, something that could be solved easily. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the lovely stories that um, you let me know about was that some of the tiny villages in the Herkan National Park, which uh, for people that don't know it, um, if you listen to our previous podcast with Tom Marsden, we talked a little bit about those places. But these are, I think there's five villages which don't appear on any maps. And they became a little bit famous because uh, Baba Khan, the so-called leopard man of Azerbaijan, um, his family lives in, in Siop, I think it's known as, uh, in one of those places. But there are no words. And, and I know when I stayed there, I think it was about three years ago, in, in the most marvellous bit of hiking, um, the, there was yeah. basically no light, no electricity, unless they cranked up no. a great big generator. Now, from what I gather, your company has somehow managed to put solar into those places. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, you know, this was, uh, you know, um, a guy from the villages there. He approached me and he said, you know, you know, about these villages that, you know, we don't have any electricity. I didn't know such a place exists because infrastructure in Azerbaijan is really amazing when you think about it. Mm -hmm. compared to so many other places in the world that you would compare to, Azerbaijan has a lot of good uh, electric infrastructure and such. And, and uh, I, I think uh, there are reasons for why these villages ended uh, like this. There's a history there. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I didn't believe it. So I just said, uh, okay, I'll hike there and see, you know, because it's not far. So, you know, he invited me and I went there. And, you know, as you know, you get spoiled by the hospitality and these people are so amazingly friendly. And, uh, you know, the Polish cooking, you know, that's something different, you know, with all these nutty flavors and stuff. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, they, they sold me on, on uh, their hospitality. <laughs> like, I was like, I had this moment where I thought about if I'm not, uh, if I'm not fixing this, uh, who else is going to do it, really? You know, mm. I know this thing. I, this is my field and i we can solve it you know it's uh it's solvable you know the the basic thing just get a few solar panels a nice battery like we got lithium batteries for them actually so that it will last for 10 years so uh yeah so we decided that we're gonna do a gofundme and do this as a project and you know uh we had lots of Azeri people giving towards this, which was really encouraging for me. So this is a, like, a, a crowdfunding thing. A so crowdfunding thing, yeah. And we had people from, you know, I don't know, all over the world supporting this. It was really fun to see. So there were like 50 different givers towards this project, which is pretty good, I think. When I, 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 I don't know. It's not such culture maybe for this kind of thing in Azerbaijan and and I was really amazed by that. But then finally, we had a big giver that said, you know, whatever is left, I'm going to pay, you know. And then, you know, we had it. So fantastic. we, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So then we were able to, uh, to give these, uh, it was 20 systems uh, about in the, the forest there. And uh, yeah, we decided to go individually 
because of different uh, reasons, that was the most practical thing to do. And there was a small fee they had to pay, was really low. Uh, so there was some kind of skin in the game for the uh, locals there. Yes. Uh, yeah. So it was more like a charity project of mine. Uh, I can imagine. But, uh, I, I can imagine just to get there with uh, with the solar panels would be no easy matter because I mean, I, I, is there any <laughs> is there any way to get there other than by horse and walking? I, I don't think there is. No, definitely not. There's not. So they they loaded these panels and they did a whole lot of work themselves. So that was part of the deal, you know. I was not gonna carry anything. So so all <laughs> these batteries, all these panels, you know, they hold them from we brought them to a site near the forest and they hold them on donkeys so you know it's like solar panels loaded on donkeys through the forest and just uh, you know the whole the whole distribution they they did them tough you know so that was also part of the deal yeah well that that does sound absolutely our, magical yeah. yeah and our guys they had the work installing it and uh you know that was our company's con contribution so, you know, I had a guy doing the work that went from village to village and did installments of, of these panels. And, you know, uh, yeah, so uh, exciting. Now, let's just let, back up a tiny little bit, because for people that you, you mentioned Talish cooking and Talish hospitality. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think some of the viewers might not know that the Talish area is essentially the the sort of south eastern corner of Azerbaijan sort of overlapping with yeah. the Iranian border and and again yeah. I think for those that haven't been there uh, people when they imagine Iran for example tend to think of deserts but this corner of Iran and the Talish region of Azerbaijan are extremely lush uh, very very green yeah. you have sort of yeah I think there's even rice paddies on the Iran in Iranian side yeah but, cer but certainly on the Azerbaijani side, you've got citrus groves and tea plantations, yeah. and then it rises up into these mountains. And 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 the the villages we're talking about are in a thick forest, which are sort of in places they're so thick with with mosses and um, epiphytes yeah. that, that it's like walking yeah. into a, a, a jungle, isn't it? But, yeah, well, it's a national park for good reason. There are tons of endemic species, and you know it's a. Uh, it's a hidden corner of the world. I think, you know, if we're somewhere else, people would come far from to just, you know, wander around in there. It's just fantastic. The nature is so, how do you say, pristine or like, you know, it, it just feels so, uh, you feel healthy when you're there, you know, it's like, the, you know, breathing yeah. that air, you know. There's a, there's a certain uh, yeah. magic, isn't there? To, there's a sound of the way that you can hear the streams and the rivers flowing in the valleys below you, and you can't quite hear where they are, but you know they're there, and it sort of soothes you in a, in a remarkable way. I, I certainly found yeah, the place yeah, completely yeah. magical. Now, since I yeah. went up in now further up in the in the Hirkan National Park, um, when I when I I, yeah. I mean I, I did visit you uh, back I think in 2015, and and you had yeah. been talking about doing some um, some possibly cycle or mountain bike yeah. ecotourism. Yes. I guess that never worked out. You know, at that time, my business was kind of in, in between and uh, I was not quite sure like uh, what way it would take, you know, eventually. And I was like, you know, I could do something completely different. You know, entrepreneurial mind you know, is always <laughs> looking at these opportunities, that, you know, and I was like, oh, maybe I just import some real mountain bikes and try to set up like this tourism business. And, you know, I was kind of looking at that. Uh, and, you know, I'm kind of still looking at that sometimes, you know, it's like these, uh, 
you know, trails through the forest are absolutely amazing for hiking. And I, I hope that tourism will develop and like biking tours would be perfect. Uh, and, you know, I know yes, a guy and, there that... Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, he, he does uh, horse, uh, horseback uh, a little bit. And, you know, horseback riding is also an amazing way to explore. Can you, would you want to give his name a, a shout out in case people want to find him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he's an he's a, uh, he, uh, American guy living there. So it's uh, Terry Brontegger. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll... I'm sure if you go to Lankron, you ask for the American. They'll show, <laughs> well, <laughs> and, show and, you the and, way. And that brings me but to it's my not a, it's not a bus- It's not a business uh, of his, but he is. Uh, he is. I think he's kind of, he's thinking about it. But in general, it's just you know amazing way that go by horseback riding is also amazing way to explore these. Uh, and locals can arrange it, you know, like. Uh, mm. But the, the saddles and such is sometimes uh, the issue, you know. To, to well, get that kind of riding that uh, Westerners expect, you know. Well, I certainly know that when I've been on the on the back of a horse, um, it, both in either side of the Caspian Sea, it's usually been a, a few carpets thrown over the back of, of the horse. Yeah, and yeah. It, off you go. It, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes. So it, it can be quite, uh, I'm not much of a, 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 rider, a rider myself, but uh, I think, you know, a saddle would definitely help. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you often get a stirrup or two, so we can't complain. And then just to finish it off, um, you, as you say, an American uh, in Lenkaran does stand out because Lenkaran itself isn't a particularly well-known place amongst foreigners. And so I'm sort of interested that you you have lived on and off there for, for nearly a decade. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, to, just to finish us off, then, could you give us some sense of, of, of maybe why you stayed in Lenkaran or what you liked about Lenkaran and, and why anyone should, uh, should uh, think about possibly going to live there and be the, the second oh, yeah. foreigner in Lenkaran? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are some, but there are very few foreigners there. Uh, you know, uh, part of it was that part of me was nature that uh, drew me to that location, you know. Uh, and there were uh, at that time there were uh, another American guy living there uh, that I, I got to knew, and and he was sort of uh, you know he invited me down there, and uh, it was really like the whole I don't know the whole feeling of the place you know and the the citrus and the the nature the the lush nature the sea there the mountains close by I'm from Norway I love the mountains of course. So, you know, uh, mountains are, are always uh, something that attracts me. Um, so I don't know. I think it was the whole package. And it's like, you know, it's just different. The people down there are so hospitable and open and they want to get to know you. And they want to, you know, they're not reserved. So they're really, you know, extrovert, social, and they just embrace you. And uh, I never had a bad experience there, you know. It's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I can go on bragging about the Lankaran for, you know, hours. There are so many good things about that place. Well, and I, I, I think it should, it should become some major tourist attraction at some point because it has everything that you, you'd ask for, right? Well, I have to say, I, I love the area, and I completely side with you. I, I, I first went down there. And the hot 19- springs, the hot springs. Yeah. We, we, you know, we need to mention that. 
It's well, amazing and, hot and, springs. And actually, one of the hot springs has recently been done up into a very snazzy resort. But if you go yeah. further into the mountains, there's the, the old one, which is still beautifully run down and and and, and yeah. sweet. So you've got a bit of everything. Anyway, well, I, I think with that, I, we've pro- hopefully encouraged a lot of people to discover the Talish region. Thank you so much for telling us about the uh, uh, the hope that we have for um, renewable energy in Azerbaijan and in, in a more global Definitely, sense. Definitely, yes. I, I do think, I mean, I noticed the government uh, just last month has has talked about a great improvement in, in their focus on, on renewable energies. And that's something I hope we'll be able to cover in greater detail on, on uh, the Caspian Post uh, website. So look for that a little bit later on. Thank you very much, Knut. Uh, you've been listening to the Caspian podcast uh, with me, Mark Elliott, and with Knut Erland-Roswald. Thank you very much, Knut. Okay. 